Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer and I have two amazing guests. That's right, just a few days before his championship title match with Mike Bennett, we have your NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis, joins the show, and a little surprise guest during that interview as well. Hmm. Also, we talk about champions. How about your Impact World Heavyweight Champion, Right after his title defense against Tommy Dreamer, he joins us today. Eric Young, your champion. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. We just had this man on a few weeks ago to talk about the NWA and where they were headed. And now there is definitely a big showdown happening on September the 15th, and that is... Mike Bennett is going to challenge for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. If you're going to make a goal for yourself, it might as well be at the top. And that is definitely the top when you look at the NWA champion. And we have your NWA champion, the national treasure himself. Nick Aldis joins us here on Busted Open. Sir, how are you today? I'm very good. No socks and flip-flops for me. I dress to impress. I greet you with a smile. Because the real Wales champion goes the extra mile. Gentlemen, good morning. You do dress for success, unlike that uh, Robert Strauss brand. Gross guy. He's dead to me, too. <laughs> it's Robert Stone now, but yes. Yes, Whatever. it is. <laughs> and here's the thing. And, and, and obviously, Nick, we have a lot to get into uh, with the NWA and what's going to be taking place on September 15th. But I always found if you're wearing flip-flops and socks, you've pretty much just given up on yourself. I think it's acceptable if it's a, if, if the if the uh, trip outside is is under five minutes. You know, if it's taking out the trash or uh, an emergency of some sort. But uh, if you're going out in public in any way, shape, or form, flip flops and socks is unacceptable. I think it's acceptable for any Italian. Uh, I sometimes go to my mailbox with flip flops, socks, maybe sometimes an open robe. Who cares? It's my life. <laughs> Is, is a part of you hoping that people take a look at you and think, man, a guy who dresses that badly must be a gangster of some sort, so I'm not going to mess with him. Eh, I sometimes like to do it shirtless. As you know, I send you sometimes shirtless training videos, you know, to incite you to keep sure, on looking I mean, as good as you look. Sure, so, even, even, even I need some motivation every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get into it, Nick. Of course, so pleased to be joined by Nick Aldis, your NWA World Heavyweight Champion. And we talked the last time you were on about the return of the NWA and about respect. And Mike Bennett is now the one that's looking for respect. I watched the 10 Pounds of Gold last night. I hope everybody did. It's now available. Go to YouTube, the newest edition of the 10 Pounds of Gold, the first 10 Pounds of Gold in quite some time since this pandemic. And there's a reason for it because you do have a match on September 15th with Mike Bennett. And he definitely has something to prove. What's your thoughts right now on your challenger? Um, well, He's yeah. Look, the, the um, one of the things that I have always loved about uh, being involved with the NWA, and uh, one of the reasons why I think it's really defined my career up to this point, is the fact that uh, we tell the difficult story. You know, we we take on the challenge. Uh, it, you know, and, and a lot of people we we saw with the the feedback with the initial announcement when Mike submitted that video and, you know, and made, made the challenge, you know, there, there, there were some comments and, and we, and we, we embraced them and we saw them. And, um, that's one of the main reasons why I really badly wanted to take this on because these are the same things that people were saying about me 
three years ago, you know, oh, Magnus, like, oh, who gives a shit about that? Like, uh, whatever. You know, same thing people were saying about Tim Storm, like, who the hell is this guy? You know, he's a school teacher. Like, and, you know, a lot of these same people are the ones who, you know, two years, two years later are like, oh, oh yeah, it was just so great. So groundbreaking. Oh yeah. It was just so awesome. Like, oh yeah, I was there from the beginning of 10 pounds. No, you weren't. You were talking shit, you know, but then, you know, you got on board later on and, uh, you know, we want to prove a point. I mean, I'm sure there were, you know, people probably saying the same thing about Cody when he said, oh, I've got this list and I'm going to go do this and that. And, you know, there are people probably saying, oh, who gives a shit about Cody Rhodes? You know, it's like, ultimately, uh, you, the, the, the most important thing, and, and Tommy can attest to this, in this industry is that you can tell looking into a man's eyes, if he has the, the conviction in what he's saying and what he's doing. And Mike Bennett has that. And the fact that, and, and Mick Foley even said it uh, yesterday on Twitter. It's like, you know, no one should be defined by the decisions that were made for them by somebody else, you know, and Mike, uh, you know, unfortunately is, you know, he's in a position where he's going to have to fight really hard. But I, I embrace that challenge, you know, both as a wrestler and also, uh, you know, as someone sort of heavily involved in the NWA brand, because look, that's what we love to do is tell stories. So where this, the situation and the circumstances that, that to a lot of people might go, Oh, I don't know about that. I don't think, Oh, you know, I'm not interested. We see those situations and go, yes, like that's, that's an interesting story to tell. That's going to be fun to do. And, that, and, and that's how I feel about Mike. And that's how I felt about the 10 pounds. The uh, NWA, I feel, is in a very, very good position now. Uh, coming off of AEW, it got people talking about it on a, on a larger platform. I thought Thunder Rosa's performance was one of the best and pretty much was a... Uh, pay-per-view show stealer and the fact that they had Billy on the air uh, talking about it, the fact that they showed clips of the NWA, little stuff like that helps boost your brand. And now we have the first 10 pounds of gold come back. And now for you and having this title, I know for me, when I left the WWE, I was 39 years old. I had a chip on my shoulder and I wanted to show the world that I still had it. And as a champion, you now are going to face someone like that. I went in and my first person I went after was AJ Styles. And I knew I had to show the world that I'm still Tommy Dreamer because like Mick Foley said, it wasn't my decision to go through all the stuff that I went through. And Mike is a hell of a wrestler. So as the champion, but you are also in that same spot because you haven't wrestled in all too long. And you always have that chip on your shoulder to prove why you're still and are the best. Yeah. And I think that when you look at, uh, somebody like Mike, you know, the, the, the most important thing, uh, if you're going to contribute and, and be presented in the way that the NWA presents you is you have to, you have to embrace self-awareness and you have to, uh, you have to embrace the, the honesty, the real raw candidness, you know, that's what our audience has come to expect and, and enjoy because we want it to feel real, you know, because it is real and we've done it, you know, when, when we had our, our match, uh, you know, we've, I've done it with a whole range of different opponents. The, the story is always right there in front of you, you know, and sometimes I think that, you know, wrestling gets in its own way because it's too busy trying to fabricate and create every single moment of every single story. And a lot of the time, uh, you know, this business, I've always, I think pro wrestling is an athletic morality play. And ultimately, you know, the, 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 the key ingredient of morality play is emotion. And the, and the best way to connect with people's emotions is for it to be authentic and real because so much of what happens in somebody's mind when they're exposed to another human being is happening in a split second. You know, that those, those decisions and those judgments are being made about that person in, in seconds. So the best way to, to keep them engaged, and this is just my opinion, but the best way to keep them engaged and, and to move forward with it and to keep and to get them invested in it is to not ask them to take a huge leap. 
you know, is to take what's there and, 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 you know, dramatize it and, and make it larger than life. And that's, and that's, that's always the intention with the 10 pounds of gold series. Will this be your first match since the pandemic? No, I had a match last week in, in Dallas, but uh, that was the first one I'd had in a while. And, oh boy, <laughs> little, little, little Blonsky. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's rough. Bully and I were talking about, you know, working every week or, you know, three, four times a week, as opposed to now once a month or to sporadic. And it's hard. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Tom and I, you know, Tom, Tom Latimer, you know, we we came up in the business together working for Brian Dixon. And we we talked about the fact that I don't even I don't recall ever even thinking about being blown up until probably my mid 20s. Like and, and that was, you know, when, when I was by the time I got to TNA, because by then a lot of the time I was just working sort of short TV matches um, you know, or, or sort of tags and stuff like that. And then once I, you know, started progressing up the card and then being given more time and more time and, and then being put in a position where I sort of had the responsibility of carrying sort of the main events, I remember thinking, oh man, like I've forgotten how, how hard this is to go for 20 minutes, you know, because we used to wrestle six days a week and a lot of the time we pull double duty and, you know, we put the ring up, take the ring down. It was like, there was no, it wasn't even a, wasn't even a consideration, but yeah, no, it, it's, there's been, I've been, uh, I've been down in Clarksville at, at tried and true, like working out in the ring with Tom and a bunch of the guys there just to try to sort of get that, get those reps back just to sort of get that because, you know, it's, it's one thing to, it's one thing to, to be able to make it through, but, you know, the responsibility of this pay-per-view falls on me, you know, and I have to deliver for, you know, 15, 20, 25 minutes, whatever it may be. Like it's, it's all on me. So it, it you know, ultimately it doesn't really matter what, <laughs> what else, you know, what, what plans you have or what, uh, you know, what great story you want to tell if, if you're not physically able to make it happen. So yeah, I've been, uh, there's a, you know, a lot of work on conditioning has been going on the last few weeks. Talking to Nick Aldis, your NWA World Heavyweight Champion. He's got a big match coming up on September 15th with Mike Bennett. That's going to be, uh, you can pre-order that right now on Fight TV. It's being presented from the United Wrestling Network. And this is a big matchup. And for the most part during this pandemic, we haven't had much NWA action. So I'm glad that this NWA championship is going to be defended on Fight TV on September 15th. And I really love the 10 pounds of gold, by the way, whoever put that together, absolutely talented person, because I thought it was absolutely fantastic from start to finish. Um, when you had that 10 pounds of gold and that series has been such a great vehicle to promote the NWA and it got personal right from the beginning, right from the beginning, you know, you, you saw your family, Nick, and, and, and you saw Mike Bennett's family. And what a great way to grab people emotionally, you know, especially you as champion, because when we think of you, we think of that NWA championship. and We think of you in the ring. It was kind of cool to see you outside the ring in that capacity. Yeah. And um, and again, we, we made the conscious decision. And, and Mike, again, was very um very forthcoming and open about it that to, to right out of the gate to, to embrace the fact that he was a recovering addict. Um, so that immediately, uh, this again, going back to, uh, what Mick said yesterday and, and what our entire, uh, objective with this is, is that Mike Bennett doesn't deserve his, for his reputation to be the character that was presented on WWE television, you know, um, he deserves to be presented uh, as Mike Bennett and uh, the way he wants to be presented. So uh, the intention was right out of the gate to make people go, okay, this is a, now I'm, I'm talking to the real person. Now this is like, this is the guy, like this is the guy behind the, the character. And, um, and as, as for me, look, yes. Um, I think that it's important to me that we, that we can embrace that, while I can present myself in a certain way and I take pride in that and I, and it's been a big part of my success with, with the, with the company, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I have to protect the gimmick brother. You know, like I, it's all like, again, like I said before, it's all real. Like they, you know, I didn't borrow these suits, you know, they're mine. 
right? Like I, you know, I didn't borrow the Jag that's parked outside. It's mine, you know, all of this, but at the same time, yeah, like I'm a father, I'm, I'm a husband, you know, like I have a family and I do, you know, all of this stuff I do, I do for them. Um, but I take pride in what I do, you know? So it's, 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 yeah, it's to create that, that contrast, that juxtaposition and, you know, and, and, Mike Bennett's not going to walk out on the 15th as, you know, he's not going to walk out carrying his kids like, Hey, I'm daddy Mike. Like, you know, he's going to come out as Mike Bennett ready to kick ass, you know? So it's, it's, it's the, but it's the, um, again, wanting to show the audience that you know, there's a motivation to all this, you know, there's a reason that we go through all this, you know, just, and it's the same as, as, as any other athlete or any other human being. And for our listeners, when we say it's real, and I was actually talking about that uh, before you came on, like there is a big difference, especially in WWE, if you are a champion or if you're not a championship, uh, not a champion, and it's pay. Same with you. You are the face of this brand. You are the f- you have been carrying the torch for a long time. If you lose you're no longer that face. Somebody else is. Somebody else gets that spotlight. Somebody else pre-COVID gets more bookings as the NWA champion. Then there's merchandise. There's all these different things, but basically also for you, you're no longer that face. So it is money driven. It is uh, real in every aspect of the world. Cause then you got to worry about, well, how will I feed my kids if I don't have more bookings or will I not get offered more money when my contract expires in the NWA stuff like that. And that's the real factor. And the fact that you guys are putting that realness out there is what makes wrestling and the NWA special. Yeah. And, and that, and the perfect way to illustrate that point was uh, coming up to all in and Dave, I see you wearing the shirt, you know, two years ago, it's, you know, there was a lot of, um, you know, at that point, you know, we, we were, we were running, operating a little differently. You know, we didn't have power. We were sort of, uh, we, uh, basically the, the narrative of the NWA was controlled by my third party engagements and we, and, and following the story with the series. Um, but once, once I lost the title to Cody, you know, wasn't a whole lot to do, you know? And, and so then it's, and, and yeah, it, it, I can tell you it, it, it's, it's genuine. You know, but people were coming up to me like, like, like someone had died or something, you know, how are you doing? You holding up? How are you okay? You know, like, because, and that's a testament to, you know, to, to how sort of synonymous that I'd, you know, become with the, with the championship. So yeah, no, you're right. It's there, there is wrestling is as real and as make believe, you know, as, as everyone says it is all in one. Yeah. Uh, can I be one unprofessional for half a second? Can you tell Mickey James to please stop making noise? We don't do this when she's promoting Gaw TV, so you don't make noise when we're promoting the NWA. Be quiet. I just wanted some coffee. Get out of here. So, unbelievable. It's so unbelievable. Hi, Dave. Hi, Mickey. How are you? Noises, coughing. So Come on now. I'm sitting here like... And now, now going the butt. it's just, it's unbelievable. That butt has a mind of its own. Just it's not, got, it's got its own up. zip code. Hey, can we here. talk, can we talk about it's in another county? Can we talk about the new, the new tag team rules that exist in the, the women's division? Why are where, you talking about this? It's apparently it's a Tommy, slap on this. Tommy, I love the uh, Terry Funk look. <laughs> With the bandana. I got a nice little pony. You got that. Look at that. Look at that little baby pony back there. Can we talk about how a a slap on the ass is now a legal tag? He's been tagging you for years. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Woo. (laughs) All right. Let's get back to being professional. Mickey's throwing everything off the rails. (laughs) Sorry. I'm going over here. If you could make some more noise, that'd be great. This is a good topic for Gaw TV. It's a good topic for, you know, Gaw TV. She's like a one-man band. Gaw, Gaw! Gaw, Back to the NWA. All right, yeah, really yeah, quick. They have official I know, I don't, I don't They have tag her, ropes. I've put her over enough in my life. Come on. They have tag ropes. You can't just tag an ass to, to get in. Come on now. Real God rules. damn it. Tag team partners that exist. Come on. I mean, that they coexist. They like each other because no tag team in the WWE likes each other. Get out of here. I'm going to raise that bar. Bro. Get out of here. Change the game. 
Unless you're going to talk NWA and get in trouble, get out of here. <laughs> can we, can we, just, just real quick, we'll stay on the subject. Can, can you imagine how great uh, it's going to feel in the oldest household next week when we have two world champions simultaneously? Oh, it'll be great. You know what it'll you got to awesome. do. How about, hey, let me ask you another, a serious question. And it'll be a real night of champions. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh does your son watch and love wrestling he uh he acknowledges it um but still too young yeah and i, I don't know I, maybe it's just the fact that he's just so familiar with it that it's just it doesn't it, that there's there's no part of it that that i don't think he sort of like even like what we, we watch the show and we're like look you know he kind of looked and he's like <laughs> <laughs> Can you just find how many times have I been on this show? I mean, David, you I mean, give her a release. like I, I'm, I, I mean, if I'm not up there in the top five all time busted open guests, I, I don't know who is. And yet uh, on this, uh, I, and I take pride in my professionalism and you are and very yet, professional. And yet here we are just my, all my credibility just destroyed in the space of five minutes. Dude. <laughs> times we interview her and I'll be talking and then all of a sudden I'll be like, what's that behind you? A little dog or a ferret runs by. Yeah. He's yeah, man. Yeah, the dog, the dog has already tried to do a run in a couple of times and she's been, but, you know, out. but champ, it's not your fault. Champ. I deal with it in my household with my wife. You how's know, the, how's, the, how's the, how's the, uh, how's the man cave that was designed by you, by your missus. Uh, she did a really good job. If, if, you know, she wanted to put the effort and the work in, that's a shot, a sign of love for me. She did a great job. Look, but she did what? See, I'd seen her up on a ladder, putting up shelving and stuff like that. I don't know. That's hot to me. What, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're picking up what she's putting down. All right. Let's get, let's get this, let's, let's get this back on the rails. Gentlemen. All right. Let's get, yeah, let's get, let's get the train back on the track. All right. You mentioned all in. And you're right. It's just a little over. I mean, just a few days over two years. Think about the landscape of pro wrestling, how much it's changed in just two years. And you're welcome, everyone. I know. And, and, Jeez, and I, that, that's what I wanted to say, because I said this. <laughs> I believe I said this to you, but I know I definitely said it uh, to both Cody and Billy Corgan, is that that match that you had with Cody, that should have been the main event that night at All In. Because Tommy's even said it, that may have been one of, if not one of, if not the greatest pro wrestling show ever. I think a lot of people would say that, especially when you look back how it changed the landscape. If you're talking about changing the landscape, you probably would have to go back to the first WrestleMania in 1985 for a show to do as much as what All In has been able to do in changing the landscape of pro wrestling. And your match should have been the main event. I mean, how does that make you feel? Because if you look at the match itself and pure emotion going in and coming out, nothing matched Cody and Nick Aldis. Uh, well, you, you, it's kind of you to say, um, I don't, uh, I, I, I've never really been too, too bothered about um, the placement on the card. You know, I always remind people that, you know, Rock and Hogan wasn't the main event either, you know, but ultimately it's, you know, it's, it's, it has a place in history. I mean, it ultimately no one, I don't think anyone looks at, uh, you know, at, at the first match with Cody and I and goes, oh, I would have been so much better if it had been on last, you know, it just, it, it lives by itself. Um, I do think that all in would have been a very different show without us. You know, I think it's, I still, and again, this is the, the, all the credit for the success of that show belongs to, you know, the commercial success does not belong to me. It belongs to Cody and, and Nick and Matt. Uh, but I, I think that the, the, it, in, when you look at the show in a historical context, I think that without our match, it would still be, it would still be considered an important show and a pivotal show, but I don't think it would have the same sort of historical significance and that same moment where, you know, there to, to a, a lot of people, it's, it's, it's a moment in time for them. And, and, and obviously I take great pride in that because Tommy will tell you this, you know, anyone and anyone who's, who's, you know, been in the business or wants to be in the business will tell you this, that's that, that you spend your whole life, trying to get that one night, you know, and you may only ever get one, you know, but that's, 
that's what I spent my, you know, from, from day one, walking in, walking in the doors, you know, the, the Knight family school at 17, my intention was to one day be able to have that moment where I was stood in the ring as the world's champion, you know, everyone standing, you know, the place like the place just, just shaking and knowing that the eyes and ears of the world were watching this. That's it. You know, that's what we, that's what we strive for. That's what we live for. So the fact that I have one of those under my belt is cool with me. And it delivered, like you said, I, I was there live and don't discredit you, what you did for the sake of Luke Skywalker needed Darth Vader and you were Darth Vader. Sure. And it was an amazing environment. Uh, I was blessed to be a part of it. And I don't, I, it would have sold out, but when you talk about history and it was like where I feel we're rolling into now again with the NWA, right place, right time, everything synced up. Yeah. I wish the fans were able to watch what you're about to do. And once we get out of, you know, this COVID world, uh, it's going to be an amazing time for every organization again, because it's just like I say, I want fans to be a part of these classic moments because they are our tag team partners. They're what we're missing. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, when you look at power and, and Dave, I know that you're a big fan of the show. And I say this every time I come on, you know, we, 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 uh, we have a, a, we owe a great debt of gratitude to, to, to this show for helping to create awareness for, for what we do. But, you know, one of the reasons why we kind of went inactive for a while was because we just, we couldn't bring ourselves to do power without the audience because they're such a, a pivotal part of the show, you know, and, which is funny to say when you look at the fact that there's 250 people in there, but it's, it's the fact that they, it's so interactive. It's so organic. It's so natural and so real, you know, without those, it, it would not be the same show, which is why we, we, you know, we took our time and that was a big risk. But I also think that uh, I agree with what you said, Tommy. I think that one benefit that will come from this is that for those of us who can, who can weather the storm and see it through and keep our audience engaged and try to maintain value in our brands. When we come out the other side of this and we, and we figure out this pandemic, I have a feeling that there'll be a renewed enthusiasm and a, a renewed appreciation on both sides. I think there'll be less audiences who are trying to hijack the show and get themselves over at the wrestler's expense. I think there'll be less audiences who were kind of uh, a little apathetic to the whole thing and a little bit spoiled and a little kind of blase. And I think at the same time, there'll be more wrestlers who realize, okay, this isn't just about me getting my shit in. This is about me having a relationship with the audience. So I actually, I think, and I, I you know, this is, a, this is a bold prediction, but I actually think that this may end up being a bit like all in. It might end up being a linchpin moment. I think when we come out the other side of this, I think we may see a real explosion again, when people realize, man, this is fun. And we took it for granted. That's a great point, champ, because I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of fans have taken it for granted. I think a lot of fans tried to hijack the show. I think a lot of fans didn't respect the action and the performers that were actually in the ring. And I think that's going to change once we get through this pandemic, because you don't miss something until it's gone and it's been gone. And this element of fan and interaction with, with the wrestlers, I think when it comes back, it's going to be a completely different story than what it was the last couple of years. Yeah. And, and I, I don't want to, I want to make sure I clarify this is that I, I think it's, I think it's a two way street. I think that I, I also think that there, you know, that the wrestlers will, like I said, will, will uh, have a renewed appreciation for their responsibility to be an entertainer as well, because, you know, you see a lot of, a lot of the, a lot of the wrestling product in recent years has very much been about, look at all this cool stuff I can do. Um, and, and the audience are just kind of there in the background. Right. Like that, you know, the, the, the involvement for me, the, the, the thing that got me into pro wrestling and I touched on this in 10 pounds, you know, I could have I could have decided to try anything. You know, I'm not I'm not putting myself over, you know, any harder than I usually do. But, you know, I was like I, I you know, I could have I could have had a decent shot at, at a few different endeavors. But I chose wrestling because I when I when I was growing up in the 90s watching this, I was just like, man, look at the emotion that this generates. You know, we, it's sports, 
but with a guaranteed satisfactory outcome. You know, that's the way I always looked at our industry. It's, it's rocky. You know, it's sports movies, right? It's, you know, it, it, it's, it's creating that situation where people are just so invested in the outcome, but then wrestling can make sure that we engineered the outcome that's, you know, that, that satisfies the audience. And I think that maybe we've lost sight of that over the last few years because we've become so obsessed with the execution of it as a, as a physical um, sort of endeavor, or, you know, as a physical art or whatever you want to call it, that perhaps now, you know, the audience sort of, you know, once, you know, once we get an audience back, I think wrestlers will start to go, man, it's so cool to have an audience just hanging on everything you do. And they might actually imagine that might actually engage with them again, you know? So I think it's going to work both ways. Agreed. Well, it's, Champ, thank you so much for the time. Every time you're on, you're always on at least 30 minutes, and we always, uh, you know, glad that you took the time to come on our show today. We got to get Mike Bennett on, Tommy, uh, before this match on the 15th because we got to get at the other side of this because I think it's a great story leading into what we're going to see September 15th. Mike Bennett versus your NWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis. Again, it's being presented from the United Wrestling Network. You can order and pre-order right now on Fight TV. I suggest everyone does that because that's going to be a huge match, the return of your NWA champion, Nick Aldis. Nick, thank you so much for the time today. We truly appreciate it. As always, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, everyone. This is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. And let's bring in somebody who definitely made an impact last night and is your impact World heavyweight champion, friend of the show, somebody I haven't gotten to speak with in quite some time. So very happy to have him on today. And that is the one and only Eric Young. Champ, how are you this morning? It's good to be here and it's good to be King, Dave. You know how it is. I hear you. Uh, yeah, Eric, I was told uh, you were coming on this morning and I will uh, be professional. Uh after our match last night, after you messing up my leg, you got a bigger problem on hands with a rich swan. And uh, I appreciated our hard work. I thought our match was good. Didn't appreciate you also busting my nose with that hockey mask. But hey, stuff happens. I made you bleed. You made me feel pain. You won. You're the better man. We'll conduct this interview if it's okay with you being professional. Yeah, I'm always professional. Okay, cool, bro. Nice. Well, you've definitely been professional lately to the point that you're you're the new Impact World Heavyweight Champion. Must feel good to have that gold around your waist again, Eric. Yeah, it definitely does. It's uh, a word I've been using a lot. It just feels uh, like justification. You know, it's uh, I haven't changed. I'm the same performer I've been um, for you know, 15 plus years, I may be an even better version of myself right now. Uh, me in my purest form, if, if you want to say that, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great feeling to, to have it around my waist and uh, to be the flagship of a program like impact. It's growing like crazy. Uh, and it's, it's exciting to be part of something like that. When we interviewed you before you were the champion, you you said a lot of things It got a lot of uh, traction and a lot of people were behind you in your, you know, new, I don't want to say new attitude, but just, you know, you saying, cause I saw it everywhere. The fact that you couldn't find five minutes of television when you have 12 hours uh, a week of television is an injustice to your product. And you didn't even say about yourself. It's it's to the product. Now being the face of a champion, I I saw in our match last night because I look I looked into your eyes and I saw you could see your soul. I see your determination. I see your hunger. I may not dis I disagree with you trying to hurt people and take people out, but that's your philosophy, not mine. But this inner drive towards you has it always been there, or is it? 
just because of like your circumstances of your last couple of years? Yeah. I mean, the, the drive has always been there. Look at like, I'm, I'm not a, a, a humongous person. I'm, you know, I might be close to five eleven. Uh, I'm not a super great athlete. I'm not any of those things. I, I grew up in a small town in the middle of nowhere, Canada with 70 people. I think if you were mathematically to break down the odds of me sitting here conducting this interview as a world champion, it's probably less than 5%. I, I had nothing. I mean, I had, I had no easy way into this business. I had no easy way on the television. I had no easy way to the top. I did it the old fashioned hard way by hard work, determination. And, and the reality is still is, is I, I was good at this. It's the only thing I've ever been good at. And, and I was good at it right away. And I knew that I was. So everything in my life was designed around putting me into this position. I messed up relationships. I, I messed up business deals. I, you know, I, I took a job that would allow me to take time off whenever I want for less money um, because it was all designed on, on getting me here. So that, that desire has always been there. Now, you know, my circumstances the last couple of years, it's hard to keep that desire because you feel like you're banging your head against the wall. I know who I am. I know what I, I deliver and I know what it, I'm, I'm capable of. And when you're not even given a chance to show someone that it, it's frustrating, man. And it's hard to keep the fire, to be honest. I didn't really watch much wrestling. I, I didn't, I didn't really think about it much. Now it's consuming me again. And that's a good feeling. Pro wrestling is my first love in my life. And it, it's good to be in a place where I'm allowed to, you know, contribute and, and be part of something and, and something that I'm proud to be part of. You I mean like it's, they, they don't have the money, they don't have the generational viewership, but impact is doing huge things. It's, it's the best pro wrestling show on television right now. And this is why I wanted to have you on again, Eric, because I know the last time you were on, there was a lot of conversation about the WWE. And and listen, yeah. nobody has answers. They didn't use you. That's on them. And now you're at a home where you're being used and you're champion. So I think that's a chapter we can now close in your career and we can move forward. And I think that's a positive way to look at things. And what you just said with Impact Wrestling, it may not have the viewership, but they have a hardcore audience that follows everything that goes on with that show. And and the brand of Impact Wrestling is doing great things. When you look at the women's division, I talk very highly about the women's division. We saw a great match with, with Taya and Tasha Steeles yesterday. What we see going on with Deanna Perrazzo, I think she's been waving that flag for that women's division and doing great things. But like you and Rich Swan, seeing Tommy Dreamer in action, the tag match that we saw last night there is definitely a lot of buzz around impact wrestling right now yeah tons and like you said it's it's got a, a, a hardcore viewership uh people that tune in every week and they follow it and the big buzz is is if you're paying attention and 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 watching you know pro wrestling fan sites pro wrestling writing sites interviewing sites stuff like that it, impact is one of their favorite days of the week and it should be i mean it's a great product. I liken it to very similar to, um, I live in Nashville and the Nashville predators, uh, came in here, you know, 10 or 12 years ago. And in 2004, they almost lost the team because the attendance wasn't much. The building was changing, uh, ownership hands and a local group of people stepped in, invested in it. And now last year it was voted ESPN's number one sports franchise in North America, a hockey wow. team. ESPN doesn't even cover hockey. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's where I think impact can be, it, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. This is something that takes years and years, but there's a ton of hungry people, smart people, creative people, every different flavor of the rainbow, the women's division, the tag division, heavyweight, the X division has always been a huge part of what they do. Um, and, and impact is growing, man. And I, I mean, I can tell you like, you know, when you guys started this show, you know, it being the number one wrestling show in the world, it, it wasn't when it started. You know what I mean, and there's this groundswell and this, this, um, the support from underneath that starts small, but it can grow. And now the hard part is, is the hard part. One part of the hard part is getting eyes on the show. The other part is keeping those eyes. So there's tons of competition, which is great for pro wrestling and pro wrestling fans. And an impact should be in the discussion of best shows of the week. Uh, I noticed the moment at Slammiversary where all you guys showed up. I finally saw what I've been telling people in impact for a long time. And this is strictly to the talent. Hey, because the business was they're signing everybody. And I felt a lot of people were using impact 
to, oh, I'm going to go to NXT or I'm going to try to go somewhere else. The moment that you guys all came in, it created, and that locker room is a very, very awesome atmosphere, but it created internal competition where, whoa, these people are going to be here, may be able to take my spot. My, I'm going to step up and everybody has stepped up. And, and you know, I said it here, the fact that Slammiversary trended number one worldwide for as long as it did was like a WrestleMania moment for impact wrestling. And the fact that on Tuesdays, when in the world of politics and pandemic that on Tuesdays, you'll see impact on access trend is a great thing because we're now doing our jobs of making people forget about the real world for the two hours that we're on. Yeah. It's, it's the number one job of pro wrestling right now, you know, any entertainment. Um, but the, internal competition is good. You know I mean like it's, it's something that goes on in every locker room because reality is, is each wrestler is his own business. You know, there, there is no union and we're, we're not going to get into that, but there, there's no uh, group think or anything. Everyone is their own business. Um, most everybody is, has their own LLC and has their own insurance and, and you're your own business. So you have to have you and you in mind. Um, but what I think is cool about like, the impact locker room is you can see is, everyone is, is out for themselves and, and they're, that's not a bad thing. That's, that, that's mandatory. When you're your own business, you have no choice, but to be in, in that frame of mind, if you want to be successful. But what is interesting is I haven't seen this in a long time is everyone is pulling on the rope in the same direction. And, uh, you know, when you're, you know, on the, on the big end of the rope and you're, and you're pulling in the same direction, only good things can come from that internal competition breeds, uh, other competition and, and, and competition amongst each other to be the best, to have the best segment, to have the best match, to have the best promo. And I'm all for that, man. If, if, uh, if someone wants to knock me off the pedestal, then you can come and try, you know, and that's, that's exciting. And to, to be part of that and, and to, to, it keeps you sharp, you know, like Tom, you've been in this a long time in an atmosphere like that. It is fun, but at the same time, people are, are, scraping and clawing for TV time. Now that's just the reality. And, and that's, that's when really, really good content is delivered. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, I'm absolutely agreeing um, from that locker room and from every locker room. And you think about what, again, what you said when you were in the WWE, if you had those minutes to share on their platform, you would have done the same exact thing. And it was like that competition, but there is no, I guess, growth, but in impact wrestling and and Hey, it's, it's even in AEW, you can work your ass off and then be like, we have to put this person on television because of how hard they're working. And you said it, it's a team atmosphere and it's also every sport. You look at a football starting Kansas city chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback right now. He wants to lead his team all in the right direction to win another championship. And the guy or in wrestling girl that steps up is going to be handed a bigger contract or, or stuff like that. That's, that's sports across the board. Yeah. And you're that anchor. You're that face. What do you want to see happen for impact and your brand now that you're the champion? I said this last week and right now my goal is to make bound for glory, the most viewed pay-per-view. I know slam slam anniversary was the, the, the highest viewed impact pay-per-view in, in a long time. And my goal right now being the flagship of this company, the being the world champion of this company is to design uh, and, and contribute to an overall view that makes people be like, I've got to watch Bound for Glory. You know, pay-per-view is not what it was. It's, it's, it's slowly winding down. Eventually it's going to be a dead technology. It's not going to exist anymore. uh, But right now pay-per-view is a way to, to create revenue, create money and create buzz in the industry. And and it gives you a, a jumping off point, like saying, okay, the next six weeks, they're dedicated to telling these stories, to to making these moments and, and, and drawing people in to want to buy Bound for Glory. My goal is to make that the most viewed pay-per-view in Impact history. And it's also management's view uh, to, and we do it, 
to get everybody, like you said, on the same page. And I love, I live that. I live that through ECW. Uh, I said it when it's WWE, it's all about fighting and clawing just to get a little piece as opposed to, and even during these times, we, everyone talked about wrestle house. It's just, we grouped a bunch of people that didn't have a whole lot of creative. And instead of just putting them in meaningless matches, Hey, let's try to invent something new. And during these times, entertain people differently. And it worked. And you'll have your great wrestlers last night. We didn't have the greatest technical wrestling match, but we had one hell of a brawl. And that wrestling match was the machine guns and the rascals try to give the most for everything. Yeah, it's uh, and that's the, the cool thing with Impact too is is all the different flavors. You know I mean, and there's there's no mandate saying okay, these are what wrestlers do. This is how you sell. This is how a match is put together. These are the rules. Uh, you know, it it, it is uh, more loose, which in my interpretation allows for creativity. I mean, you're going to see creativity on the Impact show that's just not allowed in other places. It's just simply, uh, you've lived it, Tom, I've lived it, is there's one thing and one way to do it in the WWE, and, and that's his way. And there is no other way. Uh, in, in Impact, there, there's a group a group think, you know, and it's, it is, uh, it's about pro wrestling, which I think is the most important. This is a pro wrestling product. They can deny that they're not a pro wrestling pro- product or an entertainment product if they want. Um, they can do whatever they want because they're the big dog. But the reality is, is Impact Wrestling is a pro wrestling product written and put together by pro wrestlers for pro wrestling fans. That's that's what I'm most proud of. Pro wrestling is what I, I'm a pro wrestler. You're a pro wrestler. And to be on what I, my, in my opinion, is the number one wrestling show of the week. I mean, there, there's no better place for me to be right now. You know, Eric, we, when you look at the, the landscape of pro wrestling right now, I, I remember an interview that we did, gosh, now it might be eight or nine years ago. And I remember talking about that. The fans weren't really interested in the matches. It was more about the vignettes and the skits that were going on. And a lot of times the lowest views for a show was when there was actually wrestling in the ring. I, I think we've graduated from that time period. I think it's a different landscape. Would you agree that like more fans are, are actually more invested in what's going on in the ring with the wrestling product? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's definitely trending the other way and it's going to take a long time. And that's, that's uh, the people that write the show's fault. That's the wrestler's fault. Um, uh, being a person that's, pretty experienced. You know, I've been doing this for over 20 years now. Um, and what I can say is, you know, when I'm de- designing my matches and my segments, I'm always thinking about what about later? I mean, like me and Eddie, you know, we didn't have a ton of time in our, in our heavyweight match and, and we wanted it to be something good and something special. But at the same time, we know we're going to cross paths again in the future. So you got to save something for that. You got to, you know, you got to decide uh, in that moment, what is important and also what's going to keep people to tune in the next time we do it. If we do everything all at once, there's no reason for people to watch the next match because they know nothing's going to happen or it's going to be all of the same. So that becomes a skill too, is managing, you know, your, your bag of tricks. And I understand there's a lot of guys that, uh, that are starting in wrestling now that their bag of tricks is way bigger than mine. Um, but they, uh, we're slowly learning to educate the wrestling fan again and, and reward the wrestling fan again. Cause I think deep down they want to see wrestling. They want to see matches. That's what drives the bus in pro wrestling. That's what it's about. That should be the most important. The other things, promos, vignettes, uh, stuff of that nature. Those are all tools to increase yeah. the want to increase the, the value of what we're going to do in the end. In the end, it's always got to be a wrestling match. It's going to end up there. That's inevitable. So we might as well focus on making that the best it can each and every time we're set out to do it. Uh, Last night, uh, a few people hit me up on social media when I said, uh, why is he so good after you kicked out of one of my moves? And to tell the audience how good and I faced everyone, Eric Young is one. I remember when he first came back, he's he was thrust into the main event of Slam Anniversary. He you hadn't had a match in six months, possibly. Yeah. yeah. And you said I used to do an hour of cardio a day, and you know train my ass off. Now I still train hard. I'm a vegan and I smoke cigars. 
and my, your cardio was great. It was like, you did not miss a beat. Uh, wrestling once a month basically is what we're all doing. It's a lot harder, but to have the matches like you and Eddie never had a match before. Oh. And that was one of the best wrestling matches. And I remember you coming to the back and you're like, man, he's good. And then later Eddie came in and he was just like, damn, he's good. So it's, that's magic in the ring. And like you said, you know, you're going to have another one somewhere down the line, but being a professional uh, that you are and just trying to explain how good. And like I always say what's WWE's losses impacts gain is someone who could do and capture the title as quickly as you did is a testament to how good you are. And you beat me, you beat me up pretty good last night that I have to go to a doctor. Yeah. I'd say beating you up is one of my favorite things to do. It's uh, yeah, it's a good time. Your head is not as big as mine, but it's, it's easy to hit. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, it was, um, it, it's, it's flattering. I mean, like, I mean, being the heavyweight champion, if, if anyone got into wrestling and said they didn't want to be the world champion, they're either lying to you or they're in the business for the wrong reasons and they're not going to last. Um, it's, it's what I've strived for my whole life. And, uh, the, the cool part about it is getting it is hard, but the hardest part is keeping it and, and, and maintaining that buzz and that, that, that positive momentum that impact has uh, having the belt around my waist is a massive responsibility, massive. And I take it deadly serious. And, but the part is, is I crave that responsibility. I want that. I want to be the person that the company's leaning on. I want to be the guy that the younger guys are asking questions or why did you do it this way? You know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I have those answers because I've done it. You mean like you can't buy experience. You can't pay for experience. And I've got it in, in droves and being the world champion is, is reward of, of my hard work. I would still work hard and still work as hard on anything that I was on the show, any piece of the show. I've been that way my whole career and that will never change. But the responsibility of being the world champion is massive. And I take it really, really serious. And, uh, and where, Oh, no, Dave, you go. No, I was going to say, how was that moment for you when you won that championship? I Listen, when I think of great moments in your career, I go back to, you know, Tommy was talking about Slammiversary. I go back to 2012, you know, that elbow off the top of the cage on Bobby Lashley, where the crowd's going absolutely crazy. And then you fast forward to what we saw when you beat Eddie Edwards and there's no crowd at all. You know, how was that moment wise for you in your career? And what was it like with no fans in attendance? I mean, it, it's definitely weird, you know, and, and I, I definitely do not prefer it in any way, shape or form. If I could, you know, figure out a way to, to, to get rid of this, this virus and this disease that's, that's spreading and messing up all of our lives is I would do it. But the reality is like, you know, I said earlier is these are the cards that were dealt and wrestling in front of no one is awful. Like it, it's just not fun. The crowd is, is a part of the show. You know, it's a, it's a living, breathing part of the show that you can't control. And that's awesome. I love that. Um, but being an experiential person, like I want to experience everything. I, I love to travel. I love to do new things, discover new things, try new things. I've been that way my whole life. And I've, I look at it in a positive way where we're a generation of professional wrestlers right now that are experiencing something that will probably, and hopefully never be experienced again. Wrestling in front of no one is strange. Like I've wrestled on indie shows in front of very few people before. Anybody that did independent wrestling has wrestled in front of very small crowds, but I've never wrestled in front of no one um, live, in, you know, in the audience at the time. So, so it is a different kind of beast. Um, and winning the world title in front of no one is very different, you know, and it's the, the second time me winning that, that, that championship, but it's, it's special and it's special. It might be the most special because of, the circumstances of my career and of where my life is right now. Um, everything else in my life is amazing, but my career felt hollow. I mean, it just felt like it's not what I wanted and, and not how I envisioned it, but now it's, I'm back where I'm supposed to be. And I've got the word fate tattooed on the underside of my right arm because I believe in fate. And uh, I think it, it, it is everything. And the other arm, my left arm, I have the word change. The reality is, is no matter how bad it gets or how weird it gets or whatever, things are going to change. It's the only thing in life that's guaranteed. And I'm a, a walking testament to that. We would joke about 
wrestling of how it's insane and how it's crazy. But if you think about it, like uh, you said, it's your first love. It's been my first love. The world stopped because of a disease, put everything, I mean, stopped, Stopped. but wrestling never stopped during this pandemic, during this disease, it continued. It's, I always say it's the, the biggest disease because we all love it. We're all in, infatuated with it. And, and it continues. Uh, do you have, I, I don't want to say a goal, but like, obviously I don't know rich Swan's status. Um, I know you get pissed when people get involved in your business. I felt it last night. Um, do you have anything where you want to say, I want to work this person specifically, or I want to take out this person specifically, like Rich Swan, obviously, but we don't know if he's medically cleared, whatever. But, you know, is there any goals that you want to set match wise for you? Well, I mean, for me right now, like I, I know Eddie Edwards is, you know, he has the, uh, the re- reply match. You know, I mean, he has his, his, uh, Rematch is rematch, right? I don't know why I couldn't find that word. <laughs> so he, I punched you a couple times yeah, in your noggin. He has his rematch clause, like he's going to get his chance. And you know, like you said, like Eddie is a talented guy. He was the flag bearer for this company, and everyone here, me included, um, the Good Brothers, you know, anybody that that came in at Slammiversary, we owe guys like Eddie a, a huge amount of thanks for keeping this company around and and being a person that that dug deep and, and wrestled when nobody was talking about it. You know, it it was on fumes running on fumes and Anthem stepped in, uh, bought access TV. It's a great home for impact. Got a huge deal with Pluto international. I know is going well. I'm doing interviews in, in South America and Mexico, like all over the place. Uh, but the truth is, is the list is long. I mean, there's a huge, uh, the potential in this locker room is literally it. There is no ceiling. Um, potential is what it is. It, it's only the the option to be good. Um, so now the hard work begins, but Eddie is definitely going to get his rematch. I know that there's nothing I can do about that, uh, but I will be ready. Uh, and Rich Swan, I tried to show him the easy way, but he doesn't, he doesn't seem interested in that. Uh, he wants to come out hobbling around in a boot, hit me with a crutch at the end of my match then, then uh, two can play at that game. I've shown him that already. I'm going to drag him into deep water. Uh, and I said this in a tweet last night is I'm going to drag him under. And the reality is, is I don't need to breathe. The, the place that we're heading, that's where I live. You know, Rich Swan has never been there because once he goes there once, he's not going to ever want to go back. That's where I live. That's a warning to Rich. If you would have said that last night, we wouldn't have had our match because that was uh, kind of nice of you. But, uh, and it would have saved me. How fast uh, does a hockey puck travel on a slap shot to the goalie? I mean, it depends. Uh, you know, someone like Shea Weber, I think he set the record uh, last year for, I think it was 103 miles an hour. Well, that hockey mask for, again, people listening, 103 mile an hour, take a hockey puck to the face. I got hit with it, cracked it with my giant head. So that means how hard he swung that. I cracked a hockey mask, messed up my nose a little bit, but my nose is messed up. But we were all, we're talking a lot about today's show, the reality and real for you. It's been very real because you've discussed your inner emotions and what you're being the face of a brand means. Uh, Phenomenal, phenomenal interview. Um, I wish you two would uh, challenge me finally and be in my fantasy football league because you kind of act like you're a connoisseur, yet you refuse to be in my league. That's a whole other story. A whole other story. <laughs> we got a busted open league going, though. Yep. Tonight's the night. Number one. How did you get in that league, too? I told you I'm in too many already. I'm a lunatic. Everything you see behind me right now, this is set up because I'm doing a fantasy sports show uh, with sports grid. Uh, me and Matt Stryker actually are going to be on a show together coming up, but it's uh, I'm a lunatic when it comes to that stuff, but a man only has so much time, Tom, and I'm not interested in beating you twice. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so wait, so with the fantasy sports, you do hockey, you do football, like is it hockey just and football, that yeah. hockey and football? Yeah, yeah, I started uh, this year uh, writing and doing a, a radio show for The Athletic in fantasy hockey. Um, fantasy hockey is definitely the the bastard child of the bastard child. You know, fantasy sports is already a niche thing. It, it's huge, right? Fantasy football is huge. Everyone plays yeah. it. Um, but fantasy hockey, I mean, it is rare. Um, and, 
it was very cool to, to write. I, I've never, I'm not a writer. I don't pretend to be a writer, but, but writing uh, articles that were put up on the athletic, which if you're not a, uh, if you're a sports fan and you don't have the athletic, you're missing out. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, my mom passed away two years ago and I wish she could have saw her son writing. I mean, it's sports articles and it's fantasy hockey. So it's, it's stupid. But at the same time, the first thing I thought the first time I saw my thing on the website was thinking like, man, how proud my mom would be and uh, a person that graduated from high school, but oh, not, not struggle. Barely. barely. <laughs> uh, I, I was too busy watching uh, new Japan pro wrestling tapes in the middle of the night. So, uh, you know, important things, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a uh, fantasy is definitely an obsession of mine. And uh, I've only got so much time. I'm, I think I'm in 12 leagues this year and it's, it's our, that's way too many. It's way too many. I'm in 10 and Eric, I mean, your mom would be proud. And also the fact, and I never, I never knew this, like giving back to the business. I know your story. Um, and I know about your trampoline league that actually started drawing. And then that's how you first meet Scott Demore. <laughs> he tries shutting you down cause he's yeah. crazy, but, uh, you've given back to the business where I, I didn't know, like, I didn't know you trained crazy Steve. And I, you know, I learned it on my, my podcast and like the fact that you, you said to him, you didn't want to give up crushing somebody's dream because crazy Steve is blind and you trained a blind wrestler and he's living his dream. And then he became like your bastard kid because he lived in your house. You did everything for him. And that's the kind of person that you are behind the scenes and giving back to the industry that you so much love is a big part of you as well. Yeah. Uh, trained a bunch of people in, you know, uh, had a, had a gym in, in Canada called WrestlePlex Ontario. Um, there was another WrestlePlex that we kind of like affiliated with on the West coast. Um, and it, you know, I mean, the, the, I didn't have a school for long and I didn't have a ton of students, but the ratio of people who went on to, to work and, and work at a high level is pretty impressive. I trained him. I trained Sean Spears, uh, Jake O'Reilly, who's, you know, a top guy in Ontario, uh, went and worked for new Japan and all Japan. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's what I love trading and eventually I think I will do it again, but, uh, it, it's time consuming, but it's something that I love to do and, and trading crazy Steve was, I mean, it's crazy. Like they do, the guy's blind and I don't think people talk about it enough. I mean, he's crazy talented and he can't see like he legally can't drive a car even with his glasses on. He's that blind. And if you're watching, he's not wearing glasses. He's not wearing contacts because he can't. He, he literally can't see. And it's, it, it's an amazing story. He's an amazing dude. Uh, and he shouldn't be the, as good as he is. He had a really tough childhood. I'm sure you guys got into that a bit. Uh, really tough upbringing. Um, tough life. You know, the guys, he's been, he's been blind his whole life and had to deal with that handicap and he hasn't let him stop him. I mean, if, you know, he's a skinny 120 pound kid when he came, maybe 135, I don't know. He was really little when he first came to my gym and, um, I didn't want to take his money, but I was in a position where I couldn't say no. And, uh, and I'm glad I did, man. Cause he's, he's one of my best students. He's an unreal person and an unreal talent. When he said his biggest difficulty, he can't see the ropes. Uh, we joked about, he's like, I don't care that there's no fans there because I couldn't see them anyway. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he can't see the ropes and he literally hits something that he can't see is just, but also being the teacher of that, I know myself would get frustrated, but the fact that you had patience and just dealt with him is kudos to you. It's the love. You mean like you said, it, you've seen it in my eyes and I saw it in his, you mean like I, his buddy is Jake O'Reilly. They were high school friends and they did backyard wrestling together. And he's like, Oh, I got this guy that wants to come to the school. I was like, great, we'll bring him." You know what I mean? Like we need students. And then he was like, well, there's a catch. The catch is that he's blind. And I was like, dude, I'm not taking money from a blind kid. You're crazy. You mean like there's no way. So he's the only person I ever let get in the ring and do a class without paying me first. Um, because I wanted to see, you know, if he couldn't like do certain things, there was just no sense of taking his money. Um, but I can say like determination is, I mean, that's imagine not being able to see and doing something that is 100% visual. He doesn't hurt people. He doesn't hurt himself. Like it, it's, 
it's it's an incredible story and the fact that it hasn't been talked about that much and hasn't been part of what what his career is is both a testament to him because he doesn't want people's pity but also a testament to, to how good he is and how far he's gotten yep we addressed it uh on the podcast and my favorite thing is when i uh so told you when I taught him how to drive. So I one up to you, you taught him how to wrestle and I taught him how to get, and I let him drive my car while I was in it. A yeah, good idea. Worked out well. Tommy. I did. Unbelievable. He drove a, he, I taught him how to drive. Um, I let a blind person drive a car. Worked out. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, Eric, do you still find time to fish? I, yeah, I don't actually. It's uh, the, the funny story about that is, and I know Tom knows this, but they didn't, I hadn't fished in probably almost 20 years since I started that show. Uh, they didn't ask me if I knew anything about fishing. They didn't even ask me if I knew how to swim. So uh, luckily I'm a pretty good swimmer, turns out. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I haven't fished since then. It's expensive and it's time consuming. Um, and the truth is, is I'm, I'm a pretty busy guy. I got a lot of stuff going on, uh, but there was a bunch of stuff that I would do again. Like the show was life changing in many ways. Uh, and experientially, I mean, I can show up, swap fishing stories with anybody. You mean anybody I caught a, Amazing. I caught a 13 foot crocodile on rod and reel. You mean I caught a uh, lemon shark from a paddle board. I dove down, you know, 85 feet and bit the head of an octopus in Hawaii. Like it's, it's nuts, man. It's nuts. Uh, obviously, you know, TV is something that I'm interested in doing again, but yeah, I do, I do not fish. I didn't fish when I did the show and, uh, I haven't fished since, which is some people would find that funny. Some people would probably be infuriated, but that's the truth. And knowing, uh, Eric's wife, Dave, uh, he'd be like, Hey, I'm going to go swim with great whites. And, uh, she just be like, uh, okay. <laughs> and just accept it. The best thing being on earth. It being married to me is impossible, I'm sure, um, but she takes it in stride for sure. Yeah, it's, she's amazing. Eric, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Congratulations on everything. Uh, and again, your Impact World Heavyweight Champion. It's great saying that with his name. Our champion, Eric Young. Eric, thank you, man. Appreciate the time. Thank you, guys. As always, thank you for the time. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.